This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. Here's Michael Pavlich. Nature grows the seed, and then we eat the seed. And then, after that, we sow the seed. Nature grows the seed, and then we eat the seed. And then after that, again, we sow the seed. Nature grows the seed. Oh, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! It's pathetic! I mean, what about radical magazines? Hmm? What about kicker boots? Can we glue them? No, we can't, can we? The beauty of your plan, Neil, seems to rest on everybody being really into seeds. Scott Goodings, g'day. Hi, Pav. Classic bit of young ones there. Just before. Yeah, that was where, um, yeah, Neil, as Sam on Facebook says, tried a bit of gardening after Rick hits him with a spade and buries him in a pile of manure and suddenly three new Neils grow out of the, um, out of the ground. They plant him in the backyard. Yeah. And he, he multiplies. That's but it funny. was, you know, a bit of a horticulture lesson from Neil there. Indeed. Talking about the circle of life and circle of seeds. We plant the seed and then we grow the seed. Uh, a couple of controversial ones here. This one I wanted to mention uh, that's from John of Coburg. says, Kimber the White Lion was a gardener. When he convinced all the animals to become vegetarians, he got them all to plant and tend what I swear were... Cabbages, lots and lots of cabbages. <laughs> I can't remember the garden, but I know he did. Yeah, he made them all, um, made them all um, vegetarians after his parents died. And I'm sure he, the, in the opening credits he's running along this sort of field, and yeah, it's, it's cabbages. <laughs> it looks like cabbages that he's running past. I can't remember him tending it though. Dan, Dan or Baboon. I can't to... remember him with a, with a, you know, with hoe, a, and a hoe and a rake. Well, they have to get their veggies from somewhere, so... Yeah. Mm. All right. Uh, I've got a big list here. I'm sure you've got one too. Let me read a couple of these ones. Magnum yep. P.I. Um, reckons there's a garden there. The grounds and the beach at Robin's Nest Estate are spectacular. That's from Chris in the Southern Waters. Was Robin's Nest Estate where Magnum P.I. hung out? Robin, yeah, Robin Masters' um, estate, yeah, that was, I can't remember the garden, I remember the elusive Robin walking around his cravat, and um, yeah, Magnum was his, was his bodyguard of sorts, wasn't he, and also so- solving crimes. Not to be confused with the TV program Robin's Nest. No, that was the restaurant. Uh, uh, I've got a text here as well, it just says, Alan... Searle, with lots of S's. Yeah, he was you know, 70s pioneer TV gardener, wasn't he? Um, alongside the ABC one in the 70s, Kevin Hines, so, who did So What every Friday night. Yeah, and as you say, now we've got gardening shows on every five minutes. He was the original and the only gardening show on Australian television for a long time. It was a great lineup on Fridays. In those days, you know, introduce, introduction to gardening and then an introduction to snooker and pot black. <laughs> Is that what was on afterwards? <laughs> then what did we have after that? Probably two Ronnies or Celebrity Golf, I think, or Dave Allen. <laughs> oh, fantastic. G'day, Kaz. Hi, I'm still laughing at the young ones. <laughs> I haven't thought about that for years. We plant the seed, I, we grow the yeah. seed. <laughs> 
Hi, Scott and Pam. Um, another great topic of yours. I, I hope I'm not off topic because this is a sort no, of not, at not all. quite a real, not quite a real garden. Yeah, it's on my uh, list, Kaz. It's the, the night into the. Was it called into the night garden, or was it just called the night garden? But I'm sure anyone with children yeah. would remember it. In the night it garden. In the night garden, and it used to start with a parent holding the hand of a child and doing that round and round the garden, which my mother used to do to me. And then it used to go into the little figure in his little boat, or him or her, because it was sort of non-gender, and then would get out into this, and when the boat got to the other end, would fall asleep and then would come out into this amazing garden. And I think it was narrated by, is it Derek Jacoby? Or I don't know who you Scott will know that. I'm, I had a look at it today. I've never seen an episode, but I did check out In the Night Garden this morning it's, or today. on. Yeah. In, and i tell you yeah, what. Yeah, he uh, was the narrator. He's a great Shakespearean actor. That's right. I Claudius as well. Hmm. Yeah, it's got a hypnotising feeling about it. Yeah, that's very. I, I agree with you. In fact, it's a bit creepy in that regard for children's television cats. Well, well, well. I was working in childcare at the time, and little, this is with very little children, you know, three-year-old, four-year-olds. And I used to watch it in the morning before I went to, went to, you know, look after them. Yeah. And they were all watching it, and there's something about the mindset. It, they were really in tune with it. So I think once you've grown past that, it it has a strange feeling, but not for the children. Yeah. It seemed to be, because it seemed to be mythology and symbols. There's and all sorts of things in there. and I mean, Free language. Just the character names, Iggly Piggly and Macapaka. That's right. Mac, what's Macapaka? Macapaka. <laughs> Upsy Daisy. Upsy, yeah, that's right. The uh, and she used to sort of, <laughs> but but the children were captivated. They yeah. used to talk to me about it all day. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's a bit in the and same so, same basket as the Teletubbies, almost. Yeah. Um, and, a, a little bit, but and just why, a little why, bit. Why that's interesting, Kaz, What you're saying is because mm. these are the programs, Scott. That um, those two that we just mentioned, they were designed by. Um, Sociologists, child sociologists, yeah, uh, and not necessarily TV writers. So they've got that sort of you know, creepy element to it. They're trying to connect with the kids. They sort of like did a, a survey amongst themselves and said, "Oh, how are we going to communicate with kids? Let's get a whole lot of nondescript characters with big eyes, <laughs> call them strange things." So it was almost like a program constructed by sociologists and psychologists, child psychologists, rather than your regular TV producers. And, and using infants' language, trying to mm. trying to um, appeal to infants through their own language. Well, that's one theory anyway, was, says uh, the creators of the Night Garden must have been eating mind-altering mushrooms when they thought it up. <laughs> Which... well, it's, just, it's, it's just a classic dream world, you know. It just happens to be a magical forest and... There's been lots of examples of magic gardens and magic forests, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later as well. But Jebedee and uh, Dougal and stuff, what was that show? Magic oh, Roundabout. Oh, Magic Roundabout. That was often alleged that the Magic Roundabout's producers had indulged in a few hallucinogenic substances as well. I can probably see more in that one than in the Night Garden. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kaz. Um, I've got here... Uh, uh, what TV show was the line, you won't ever grow old and you'll never, ever die? Any ideas about that one? No. Any hints? 
No idea. I've just got the question. I don't have the answer. Kev, yeah. send in the answer for that one. Kane in Scottsdale want to say, uh, I really miss seeing Peter Cundall from the Gardening Australia. He was like the David Attenborough of the gardening world. He was too. What a legend Peter Cundall was. And again, another pioneer of Australian gardening television shows. Yeah, Marion uh, Marian and, and Mary on Facebook loved Peter and Gardening Australia. Um, and he's, remember he used to have his little byline, so that's it. It's your blooming lot. <laughs> he was great, I reckon. He was. I remember speaking to him a few times over the years. Uh, hello, Joseph in Virginia. G'day, Joseph. Hello, Michael. How are you? Good, thank you, Joseph. Thanks. Now, you, you're going to tell hello. us about a TV program here that many Australians, well, most Australians haven't seen, uh, but was very popular in the States, Joseph. Yes. It was Captain Kangaroo. Yeah. yeah. So obviously it was a, it was a pre it was a precursor to um, oh gosh Sesame Street it was it was uh, Bob Keeshan was the captain they had this bare bare bottom set maybe three characters or four and one of them was Mr Green Jeans and guess why he was called Mr Green Jeans why he wore green jeans and he carried a hoe <laughs> or a rake over his shoulder. Never saw him do an inch of farming, nothing. But he, he would talk about the animals and the things he saw. Uh, that that was a very, very... I grew up on, well, the few times I could stay home from school sick on Mr. Uh, Captain Kangaroo. And Mr. Green. Uh, it was a very... Uh, Mr. Green and Bunny Rabbit, who couldn't speak or didn't speak, but pounded his head on the on the desk until he got a, a load of carrots dumped on him. Hmm. Um, yeah, although it's uh, the, got that Australian connection with Captain Kangaroo there, we never actually saw it in Australia. We often heard about this television program, though, because it was mentioned on other TV programs that we were getting in America. It's, have you ever seen Captain Kangaroo, Scott? I've seen bits of it on YouTube and photos. Why was he called Captain Kangaroo? Do you know? We Joseph? don't know. We we don't know. It's just we knew what a kangaroo was, but the only way you saw a kangaroo anywhere within North America was at a zoo. So, and it never was explained why he he was called Captain Kangaroo. I reckon maybe the other was an, green, an alliteration. Green Acres. Uh, well, yeah, the, the Green Acres was another with Ava Gardner, Ava Gabor. And I've forgotten the, the husband's name. They they move from the city, these multimillionaires, and live in the country. They You never see them do an inch of farming. So <laughs> those are two that I thought. I'm sure you got Green Acres, right? Yeah, yeah. that would have to yeah, be another you know, list know. I would have thought. So did you learn anything about gardening and the life cycle of plants from Mr. Green Jeans? They were just trying to be rich people coming to the country. And uh, Ava Gabor was funny. That was Jaja's sister. And uh, it was, they were two wonderful shows. That was based around agricultural living, but they never did an inch of work. Yes, there's a bit of that. Uh, did you learn anything about gardening from these shows, Joseph? No, of course not. This is totally pure. It's supposed to be pure comedy. Yeah, and all the, the weird people in the countryside, you met the guy who repaired telephone lines by climbing up the pole and talking to everybody in the, in the county, and you, you never saw any farming. <laughs> the county lineman. He's a lineman for the county. Right, right. He was a lineman for the county. Hey, nice work, Joseph. Thank you. It, it reminds me, Joseph, of another one, uh, Scott, uh, yeah. which, of course, is the English 
program where they went into the country and tried to become self-sufficient, the, the good life. The good life, yeah. They, um, that was in suburbanites who dug up their backyard to become self-sufficient. There was an episode where, yeah, someone was stealing Tom's leaks. Um, and, yeah, they, they, were, they didn't muck around. They, they were like um, full-on gardeners, you know, plot gardeners with their vegetables. Uh, whereas Janet on Facebook mentioned, yeah, Margot, the prim and popper, neighbour next door, she was a prim and proper gardener too, you know, roses probably, um, you know, exotic garden, whereas, yeah, they were getting back to nature. I've got here, haven't got those gardening shows, etc. in the 70s were far superior to the rubbish that most channels show these days. I've also got here uh, um, that really happy, the original Adams family's back on TV, watching Morticia snipping roses and feeding her African strangler, <laughs> Cleopatra, in glorious black and white. Cleopatra, yeah, she'd feed it red meat. Um, uh, and, yeah, she'd chop the heads off, <laughs> the roses, and then put the stems in the in the vase. Okay, I've got here also from David, it says, special shout-out to Graham Garden from one of the best shows ever, The Goodies, who turned 80 this year. That's, oh, there's a reference I wasn't expecting. <laughs> you know, you were, you were talking about Peter Cundall before. Yeah. Um, Costa, who's on Gardening Australia... Have you ever seen a show um, 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 uh, that he's been in called uh, – there's a, show, a kid's show called Dirt, uh, Dirt Girl World. Have you ever seen that? No. Darren up in Darwin mentioned it. It's like an ABC Canadian pro, um, production. And Dirt Girl's like in Gumboot. She drives a tractor and grows tomatoes. And then they made this version of it, which you can watch on iView, called Get Grubby TV, and they show you how to make compost and everything. So you've got Dirt Girl in it, you've got B-Boy, you've got Scrap Boy, and you've got Costa the Garden Gnome. And Costa from Gardening Australia plays the Garden Gnome in the kids' show. <laughs> oh, and you can learn a lot. I mean, the other one that I had when I was young was from Shell's Neighbourhood was Green Finger the Garden Gnome, which was a puppet. But he didn't really teach you a lot about garden. He was more a menace. He used to, you know, harass people with one of those spray mist oh, yeah, little right. watering yeah, cans. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know, TV can educate the young kids <laughs> with a bit of gardening, introduce them to gardening. Yeah, we're talking TV with Scott Goodings. I've got a text here from Brilla that says, gardening is cheaper than therapy. And you get tomatoes. There you go, Scott. There's a bit of philosophy. Lisa and Freo, I wanted to say, Rosemary and Thyme, great gardening show. Uh, you'd be familiar with that show, wouldn't you, Scott? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Ex Detective um, pairs up with a it's ex um, botanical um, academic and solve crimes. And uh, Jodes on Facebook said, "Yeah, set amongst some of the the, the most stunning gardens in um, of Europe." Yeah, one of those old puns too, you know, Rosemary and Time, you know, yeah. so you, you know what you're getting by the title. Yeah. It's going to be a crime show to do with gardens. Actually, Jimmy in the Pilbara wants to talk about the Adams family. G'day, Jimmy. How are you there, It's Scott. Yeah, mate, good, uh, good. Someone already stole me thunder. I was going to mention the Adams family with Morticia Adams cutting off the roses' heads and the, I think it was Cleopatra was some sort of creeping... Type of plant. It was African. Whenever she had someone with her and they'd walk into the greenhouse, the Cleopatra would sort of latch onto them. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was a bit of an out there gardener, I think. Yeah, and also, it was funny how she'd snip the heads off the roses and keep the stalks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then put them in the vase, going, beautiful. 
Um, there was um, that line you said about uh, growing old, yep. never dying. Yep. I'm pretty sure that was from Cocoon, the movie Cocoon. Somebody has said that. One of that. the older yeah. blokes. Oh, did they? Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. They said it by text, but we haven't mentioned it yet. So your suggestion that is from oh. the movie Cocoon, but Jimmy, that's TV, yeah. that's movies. We're talking TV, so we've yeah. got strict demarcation yeah. with Scott. He doesn't, he doesn't do movies, and he does TV. No, I was just clarifying about the. Um, <laughs> He's very particular, well, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard several times. <laughs> good work, mate. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. All right, guys, have a good night, eh? You too. Cheers. The uh, yeah, the Adams family. Morticia, she's come up quite a few times here. Um, I've, I've got my favourite. Which one's that? Is well, there's a couple of Looney Tunes. There's, yeah. Uh, there's an episode of the Looney Tunes with, called the Goofy Gophers. These two yeah, very yeah. polite gophers, and they're uh, they underground at a farm, and somebody takes all their produce away, their carrots, and they pop their heads up, and there's a truck going away, Acme Produce, <laughs> going off to the factory. So they chase the, the trucks to the factory and they go inside the factory and then the two gophers get in all sorts of hijinks inside the factory. That's very funny, but um, there, that's a garden. Yeah. Yeah. Foghorn Aren't Leghorn. they normally destructive gar- gophers, though, aren't they? They to are. gardens. Yeah. yeah. And what they do is they, there's a dehydration machine that uh, makes all the food into small packages. They load all that into their burrow and then there's a malfunction with the tap. All the water goes into the burrow, and before you know it, there's an explosion, and it's raining vegetables. <laughs> Indubitably. Yes, thank you. <laughs> after you, sir. No, after you, sir. <laughs> They're very polite to each other. Very polite, like Heckle and Jekyll were. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bill and Ben, the flower pot man. How can we forget them? Yeah, they were like an old black and white... Um, Kids show marionettes. They Ooh. were like uh, um, pop plant characters, weren't they? And um, used to be weed in the weird, middle of them. That was he a used weird to be a little, little friend, but he used to be quite frightening almost at the start. The opening to that show, the, yeah, the um, the gardener's boots. He did all the action in the TV show would happen when he was on his lunch hour. And you just see these boots occasionally in the opening titles walk up and, and then, he, you know, the boots would be sitting there and then they'd come to life. So it was like, yeah, when, when he wasn't around, the, yeah. the pot plants and the weed would come to life. That demonic sunflower was the thing that threw me at, oh, the language it used. This flobbadoplin. <laughs> demonic <laughs> sunflower, you think. Oh, hang on, Damien. G'day, Damien. You want to talk about Bill and Ben. How did you feel about the sunflower there? Uh, well, I didn't mind him too much because I, I used to watch it when I was six with my with my grandmother, and I, I said it was like a, a riveting half an hour of t- TV. That that uh, at the, in the end, you didn't learn much about gardening, but a little <laughs> bit about a little bit a little bit about life. And, and talking about Costa, I uh, I reckon Costa you should donate his mo for November. Imagine yeah. him, you know, remember that sheep they just got and got 13 kilos of wool off it? <laughs> you, know, you could take Costa's, you know, shave it off in one piece and hang it up like a mart and auction it off. I reckon you get 50 grand for it. Well, if you just sold it off as a piece of uh, material in itself, it'd be worth a bit of money, yeah. I would have thought. There's quite a bit of beard there, but 
What a great idea. What, I think there'd be all, all the... sorts of attention on Costa's beard. He could raise a fortune for charity. Yeah, no, but what, what about... Uh... What about all the DNA that would be living in it, all the different microbes? <laughs> you, yeah. might, you might be able to sell that off as well, a couple of bird nests. <laughs> well, when he, when, he, when he is in that kid's show playing the leprechaun, he's got flowers and that growing out of his beard, so it's sort of... It runs with the it runs with the with the country, you know. There you go. You yeah. actually remember I, that, do you? you? Remember this cost of being a garden gnome? It's still on TV. Sometimes. Yeah, Dirt Girl. It's still on. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah. Mister, he wears he wears a pair of he wears a pair of welding goggles as his ma as a as he as his uh, over his eyes, and they're identical to the welding glasses I used to use at work when I was do, doing silver brazing, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I just run back to myself. I thought. Yeah, I can I can relate to Costa, but I still like to get him down like a ram and shear him, you know, put something <laughs> on him, get him there with that. Hey, we'll give him your number, Damien. <laughs> sure, he'll be keen to catch up with you. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, Bill and Ben, I did. They creep me out. I got to say, Scott. There, there was another one around the same time, Pav, and I was going through my library tonight, and I've posted some photos on the overnight's Facebook page of the books I've got. And it was a TV show called The Herbs, another BBC one. And it was done by um, Michael Bond, who also created Paddington. And in it, there was this magic wall of a garden at a country estate. And the gates had opened when the narrator at the start of The Herbs would say um, the magic word, which is which was herbidaceous. I was watching this on YouTube as well this afternoon, and the characters all had the names of plants and herbs. So Parsley was the lion, Dill was the dog, yeah. Sage was the owl, Sir Basil, Lady Rosemary, Aunt Mint. Um, and, yeah, there was a spin-off, uh, The Adventures of Parsley, the lion. So, yeah, another... Another magic world yeah. of a garden, a garden wall with weird characters in there. We had that as a quiz question one week, I remember now. The herbs. Yeah, we're parsley yeah. the lion. Yeah. Um, I'll just uh, quickly mention, because you're mentioning about herbs there, I think this is probably a good point to bring in the episode of Lost in Space <laughs> that was mentioned earlier in the program. I can't find the text, but this is where uh, Doctor Who finds himself on a, a lush garden planet. And he's thinking everything's looking good, but then he meets a man in a giant carrot suit. <laughs> yeah, it's the Great Re- um, Vegetable Rebellion. That's right. And what he does is he plucks a flower and, you know, plucks like the petal off the flower. But he's on a planet where they're all feeling all-knowing plants. Um, it's like a sentient jung- jungle, as Deb says on Facebook. And finds out that, um, you know, plants are the highest form of intelligence on this. And, yeah, the, the, the character you're talking about is Tybo the Giant Carrot. And he's playing this decree to turn all the Robinson family into trees. He locks the family in a hot house. He turns Mr. Dr. Smith into a bit of celery, turns Penny the daughter into a flower bed. And, and there's also Willoughby the Llama. There's a llama in it. It's the weirdest episode of, of Lost in Space, the Great Vegetable Rebellion. But, um, again, a message to the kids in the 60s, don't mess with plants. You no, know, plants was, have feelings too. There's an environmental message in there. Yeah, definitely. I saw a clip of it today, Dr. Dr. Smith running around looking like a herb. 
<laughs> yeah, celery. Bit of celery. So a bit of celery. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. So Rob in Bathurst wanted to mention uh, keep, people keep rubbishing Victor Meldrew's garden in one foot in the grave. Did have, you know, some of these English shows, they have an allotment. Yeah, yeah, they do. I think they he one yeah. of them. Yeah, it's like a community thing, isn't it? Yeah, like community at the, end of the, the middle of the street, yeah. And they've, they've sort of got their own little patch of community garden. That's where they grow the veggies. Yeah. Oh, who did um, one of the celebrity um, celebrity chefs? Hugh did one of them. He went, you know, he went and set up a big allotment um, in a in a local community. I think like up in the north. And yeah, they they raised pigs and they raised animals, but they also yeah um, created this great garden virtually on the series of nature strips. Was one to say Captain Kangaroo was Skippy's half brother. Thanks, was yes. Uh, I've got here as well. Um, mm, Another text about Peter Cundall. It was wonderful, a wonderful ABC presenter. Did you know he was a POW in the war and spent four years in solitary no. confinement? Didn't know that, Chris. Thank you for that. Uh, Luke in Warrnambool, g'day. Good morning, Pav. Morning, Scott. Hey. Hey, um... Mm? Yeah, when I, I'm from a little town north of Warrnambool, and um, when we grew up, we only had two TV channels, like we had ABC and BTV6, which is Ballarat, yeah. um, Channel 6. And um, there was a, a gardener every Sunday morning, um, Kevin Hines, and um, he come to our little primary school. You know, we only had 25, maybe 30 kids at our primary school. When Kevin Hines come there and we planted trees with him, we were just like starstruck. He was I'd be like Leonardo DiCaprio going to your school, you know what I mean? And we were just staring at him. And your producer just reminded me, he had a glass eye and... We were all warned by our principal, don't stare at the man's eye. <laughs> you know, those trees are still there. Like, I'm 44, and yeah. I was about five years old, and um, the trees are still there. All the bottle brushes and acacias and malalukas that we planted with, yeah, Kevin Hines. So, what, what a great thing. What a great memento yeah. to Kevin. really was. He, yeah, he was, um, he was a bit of a celebrity, you know, because there, was no, there wasn't many TV shows yeah. on then. He was a know, gardening so. megastar, I would have thought. Kevin Hines, Scott, wasn't he? Oh. I, I, think I, even, I think I saw him at the Melbourne show one year. And again, he was, you know popular and besieged by kids and teaching them simple things like how yeah how to plant trees and obviously it's had an effect hmm. yeah for sure for sure and i just thought i'll bring his name up to see if anyone else remembers no, well done oh, luke he was a star. thanks fellas. glad you have too kevin hines <laughs> yeah, certainly uh, we're remembering a few of these legendary pioneers of tv gardens uh, owen g'day owen Yes, good morning, Michael and Scott. Yes, I wanted to bring up um, Mother and Son because Maggie's garden was actually the scene of quite a few antics. Um, The first one, I think, was when um, her sister came over and um, she disturbed... um, she pulled out some of the roses, but uh, she's she's already on very icy terms with Maggie and she pulled out the roses that... um, Maggie's husband had um, had made and um, made it into a flower collection, which of course started an argument with Maggie. Then the second occasion was um, with the uh, Greek neighbour next door, who um, Maggie didn't like, and she used to go around pottering her, her garden and um, gathering up all the snails and throwing them into the neighbour's um, neighbour's garden. And, and Arthur found himself the um, beneficiary of that when the neighbor came in and threw the snails at him. And then the last 
last incident was when she got haunted that she she felt that she hadn't given um, her husband Leo a proper funeral. So in the middle of the night, she went up, she went and dug up the gardening and found some soil where she reckoned his ashes was, and she wanted. Um, the family to throw a big funeral and the ashes would be sort of paraded down in great spectacular extravagance. And Robert said he put aside some money for that. So eventually, Arthur, Arthur sold the whole thing by sneaking into... No, she put, she put the, the earth in her handbag. Yeah, the ashes went into her handbag. <laughs> she put on... Uh, Arthur sold it by putting the note purporting to be done the saying he... He didn't want to um, have an extravagant funeral, but Robert still had to pay up the money. <laughs> yeah, that was a very funny episode. I want to thank you for reminding us of that. I remember it was sort of cute too, wasn't it? How there was, Arthur put that little note in the handbag to say, you know, Dad, he wants to be left where he was lying. Wonderful show. What do you think of the remake, Scott? Oh, uh, yeah, I watched watched most of them. Um, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I thought it was more, more about. Well, it's a bit like Frasier, actually. The first couple of episodes, of the new Frasier. There's a lot of punchlines in it, um, compared to you know Frasier used to be more. Oh, you know, more like um, comedy of manners, more like a theatre production. I reckon that used to be a bit, bit, bit like that in the original Mother and Son too. I thought it was a bit, bit too, bit too punchline um, right. laden this time for me. You know, but. I'm just setting my ways as far as mother and son goes. Fair enough, too. Uh, I've got here lots of people saying the wonderful Kevin Hines. Um, yeah. Someone suggests gardening on Call the Midwife. Never seen an episode. You might be able to tell us about that. Oh, I'm trying to think if there is the gardening. Yeah, I'm trying to think where. Yeah. Have you seen Big Big Babies on BBC? Very creepy. Adults heads on babies. Bodies. It's very funny, says Davo. No, I haven't seen that one. Scott may have. No, I haven't seen that. That's one for you to catch up with. Uh, and this one from Russ says The Skipper and Gilligan were the gardeners on Gilligan's Island, I think. I do remember an episode of Gilligan's Island when a whole lot of stuff washes up, a whole lot of seeds wash up on the, uh, on the, in the lagoon and they plant yeah. them and they're all very excited because they're about to have carrots and things and then they find out they've been affected by radiation. And, yeah. And it means uh, <laughs> Gilligan can see. <laughs> it's got x-ray and vision. And Mrs Howe was really fast and... Um, That's right. Yes, Gilligan had great strength and they found out, yeah, it was radioactive seeds and the professor had to make an antidote out of soap, I think, plant soap. (laughs) (laughs) They had to eat. He was clever, wasn't he? (laughs) He was, because they heard it on the radio. They didn't see it on the box that the seeds were radioactive, but they heard a broadcast on on the radio saying radioactive seeds had gone missing, a box of radios. Seeds have gone missing, and they 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 um, washed up in the Gilligan's Island Lagoon. Thank goodness for the professor. Uh, and uh, Helen in here, so we'll get a Helen. Good morning, Pat and Scott. Thank you for bringing back so many wonderful me- no memories. I really enjoyed the good life, and that lost in space one sounds wonderful. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. Well, you can, you can catch, you can catch those on YouTube. Anyone's interested in having a look at the giant carrot on Lots in Space, if you just type what that into a search again? engine. The vegetable. Uh, the Great Vegetable Rebellion is that episode. <laughs> oh, right. I'll write yes. that down when I get off the phone. 
My favourite garden I've seen was I saw a documentary. Do documentaries count? Yeah. Is that yeah, yeah. Oh, good. It was on TV. Oh, about Monet's garden. It was so yeah. beautiful, especially the lily scenes, and I love his art. And we had Kevin Heinz as our patron in the community garden. Hmm. I was involved in when I lived in Copper too. Not not long before he passed on. And that was really special. And to get to know his wife, too, she was especially lovely. Oh, good one. Glad you've got those fond memories, Helen. I'm glad we've been able to tick off a few or kick off a few memories as well. And that Monet's garden, a little bit highbrow for us, Helen. I, oh, uh, that, don't you like Monet's garden? Huh? I, I do, but it's just, you know, we're trying to lower the tone of the program. No, right? not at all. Not at all, Pav. <laughs> I've been waiting for this because oh. David on Facebook mentioned a show that I haven't seen I'm going to hunt down. It was one of the last things Audrey Hepburn did. Audrey Hepburn did Gardens of the World with Audrey Hepburn. That's what it's called. And Michael York was also involved. But they looked at the aesthetic, the cultural, botanical, philosophy, uh, environmental significance of gardens. And including it, there's an episode, the first one I want to check out, is about tulips and spring bulbs. And in the context of this, the garden show, they look at the influence, the history of... um, tulips and spring bulbs have, have have on culture of Holland and also the art of Holland. So is that too highbrow for you, Pat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be hunting down this Monet one too. <laughs> you guys can talk about it amongst yourselves next time. Hey thanks Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Oh, Pav, Pav, I did want to talk about there's a, there's a great English gardener called Monty Don, and he's done heaps of documentaries about gardens. He did Around the World in 80 Gardens, and what, he, what the title says is what he does. And he actually visits Australia, goes to the Botanical Gardens in Sydney, goes to Dame Elizabeth Murdoch's farm, Cruden Farm mm-hmm. in Victoria, and he, yeah, he does the same thing. He goes through the history of the gardens and the significance of gardens in the country. He get, goes to, and I, uh, there's one I saw on the ABC recently, Monty Don's American Gardens, and something he looks at is, is, is Thomas, and Jeff, Thomas Jefferson, one of their founding fathers, has this amazing garden in Virginia. Um, and he talks about the, the interesting thing about the Monticello Gardens is even though Jefferson's a founding father, it was actually built um, by 40 slaves that Jefferson had too. So amongst this 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 seeming innocent um, garden documentary you're getting, you're suddenly realising, you know, the, the role of slave labour has in all these American gardens. And it was fascinating. Also looking at um, gardens that have been preserved in Charleston, um, that were burnt down by Union soldiers, but now they're, they're, they're re, they've reinvigorated them down south in order to preserve them and remind them of the history, you who know, not necessarily thought, great history. Who would have thought you could work a political subtext into a gardening show? There you go. Oh, no, they it's great. It Monty Don's work is great. It's, and I think a lot of it's on iView. Ace, just wanted to say we couldn't go without one mention of Gilligan's Island, could we? The show that keeps giving. I, we should mention at this point... That Mick here, who's uh, producing the program, <laughs> he actually wanted to instigate a ban on the program. He said to me one day, we need to just ban any mention of Gilligan's Island at all. And uh, so <laughs> I should warn you, listeners, <laughs> that Mick's, Mick's anti-Gilligan's Island. 
And in future weeks, you might have trouble getting through if you're going to mention the program on the radio. <laughs> personally, personally, I find I try to find a Gilligan's Island reference every week, <laughs> just to annoy him. Well, th- that's what I prepare for. That's my first thing I go to: Looney Tunes and Lost in Space and Gilligan's Island. I think I've got Pav covered. Yeah, and then a bit of Brady Bunch, Sherwood Schwartz, hugely influential in my life. Scott Mick suggesting we should do TV deserts on the program that way. (laughs) (laughs) You sure that's deserts or desserts, Mick? Because if it was desserts, it could be coconut cream prize that they had plenty of on Gilligan's Island. Uh, Anyway, looks Trev in Burley Waters. G'day, Trev. Hello, how are you, Pav? Yeah, good, thanks. Who do you want to mention? Well, I I remember a fellow called Wilson from um, Home Improvement and Tim the Toolman Taylor. Now, I don't know if you recall it, but Tim had talked to him about his family and life problems. Trev, just get a bit closer to the phone, mate. We're losing your voice there. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, No, Wilson would um, say, well, Tim, the ancient Assyrians, when they were learning to grow grapes, you know, he'd pull out these historic references and... uh, you never saw his face. It was always just a hat. Oh. And yet he was erudite and intelligent and his advice was always right on the nose. Oh, I'll discuss. Scott, do you remember Wilson from Home Improvement? Yeah, he was the neighbour. Yeah, oh. he used to be... You presume he was tending his garden and, um, yeah, they'd come up with these funny scenarios to can always block out his face just as you thought you were going to see his face um you know something had come in a spade had come in front of him or a part of the fence had come in front of him hey, hey thanks trevor we've got to move on because we've got so many people here to get through cherry uh, says uh or Cherie, kevin hines has donated his garden to the public it's called the people's garden and is in montrose there's a tree with a plaque for his daughter kimmy who died yeah. aged 10 from cancer that's a peaceful spot behind the shops Thank you, Sheree. That's lovely. Uh, Was wanted to say, if you went on a three-hour two, why would you need to take soap? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and uh, someone says, I love Monty Don's voice, so cultured. His show is so full of history, always wears the same hat, says Joe. And, and I think he wears a shirt and a tie a lot too. <laughs> no, that's you don't normally see in a garden. Hello, Carl. <laughs> yeah, g'day, Pav and Scott. Hi. Hello, hello there. Hi. Yeah, just wanted to mention one of the original gardeners of the ABC television, Alan Searle. Mm. Can anyone remember black and white television, Alan Searle? We, I remember him well, Carl, because, of course, he had that very distinctive voice. Uh, not only distinctive, I met him in his life because I lived in Beecroft where he lived in yeah. Sydney. Uh, but the distinctive thing about Alan was... Um, he couldn't pronounce his C's and his yeah, yeah. And he whistled when he said C and S. Yeah, we, and we mentioned this before, Carl. Someone sent in a text to say Alan Searle. And oh, I, can, I, Alan, I, can even, I can even recite some of the ad because he used to be on an ad for you know, spraying plants and he used to go, aphids, lace bugs and stink bugs. <laughs> well, you did it better than me. <laughs> so I remember him well. And he was a, anyway, you're right, he was a legend of Australian gardening television, that's for sure. Anyway, that that you wanted to make it low brow, I think you mentioned before. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
the uh, the Paul Hogan show did uh, a segment. Uh, I think John Cornell Cornell played the other part, and the segment, if Scott could remember, was Sis and Cyril. Garden segment on the Paul Hogan show. Can you remember that? Do you remember Sis and Cyril? No, I can't. No. I wonder mm. if they were taking the Mickey Adam Allen seal. Probably were. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Carl. Cheers. Good show. Great, thanks. Oh, look, someone. Steve, thank you, Steve. <laughs> I didn't expect this TV show to come up. Hey, Steve, who did you want to mention? Oh, uh, that would be me, would it? It would be Steve, yeah. Um, I remember seeing an episode of Mr. Ed doing some gardening. <laughs> Is there anything Mr. That, Ed couldn't that do? Was, that, was, that was one of the black and white when it first came out, and um, and he had a um, he had a straw hat on, and Wilbur came out and said, "Oh, that's a nice straw hat you've got there, Mr. Ed." And he said, "Yeah." He said, "It keeps me head filled." He said, "And when I get hungry, I can eat it." <laughs> Uh, we've had some amazing discoveries about Mr. Ed over the last few months, Scott, uh, that he was able to drive a postal van. Postal van, yeah. yeah. He tried to steal a plane once, and now we're finding out he, he did a bit of gardening as well. He got to Hawaii because they'd left him at home. Um, the post and the neighbours went on a trip to Hawaii, so somehow he got to Hawaii, and he surfed in Hawaii too. <laughs> 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 oh dear, get off Mr. I'm sorry, just to get back to that bloke that was talking about Captain Kangaroo, I remember um, Bruce Willis singing that song Captain Kangaroo in Pulp Fiction. Oh, really? There's an interesting yeah. cross reference. Wow. Nice one. Um, apparently, Mick's just put up here the, the Paul Hogan show with gardening. The character was called Alan Snail. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. The hey, Rodney. Uh, Michael and Scott. Um, mm-hmm. TV show about gardening that I used to like was um, uh, Backyard Blitz, where they would go in and renovate a person's backyard yeah, every week. Yeah, I remember that. I never watched it, yeah. but I remember it being on. It's not, what, not on anymore. No, it's long gone, mate. The, the, the former Chippendales moved on to bigger and better things. Oh. Uh, it was basically a renovation show for the backyard, Scott. Yeah, uh, Jamie Jerry, that's right. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, who he's talking about. Yeah, he's a former Chippendale. Oh, is he okay? He, he went on. Was yeah. this before or after his music career? Oh, it's before. Oh, okay. Yeah, because well, Backyard Blitz hasn't been on TV for, what, Scott? Well over 10 years, yeah? Oh, yeah, but Jamie, yeah. Jamie yeah. was big in England long before that, I would have thought. Yeah, but it was it was on Australian TV for, well... Been a part of 10 years before it got oh, yeah, yeah, I've got an idea. Yeah. He, he was a bit of a teen heartthrob in uh, England before he got that gig. But uh, Jamie Jury, he, he was a megastar when he got into the Backyard Blitz. It was a, his career really kicked off there. But that was a pretty good show, wasn't it, Scott? Didn't he end up on Oprah as well? Did he? Well, yeah, Rod will know that. Rod, did you, ever see, did you ever see Jamie Jury on Oprah? <laughs> Never watched afternoon TV, mate. Come on, Rodney. <laughs> Come on, you watch Backyard Blitz. Come like, on. Yeah. Yeah, but Backyard Blitz was on at night time. It wasn't on in the middle of the afternoon. I've got to sleep sometime. 
Oh, I'm sure I've heard you talking about Days of Our Lives, Rod, on the program. Oh, well, that's one of those shows you can watch an episode now, and if you haven't seen it for 20 years, you'd still be able to... You'd be able to catch up the uh, storyline by the end of the week. It's funny you say that. I, I happened to chance upon an episode of Days of Our Lives and I thought the other day and I thought it was something from 1980 because all the same <laughs> characters from the 80s were in it, just looking pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> nice one, Rodney. Thanks, mate. All right. Catch you later. Have a good morning. On, Thank on you. those Backyard Blitz shows, Pav, though, Shirley has got an interesting one which I want to hunt down on Facebook. Um... And it's called The Autistic Gardener. And Alan Gardner, who's won awards as a gardener in the Chelsea Flower Show and Hampton Court shows, so Alan Gardner guides a team of aspiring horticulturists with autism. The host um, has Asperger's syndrome, and he believes the autistic spectrum can sometimes give people an advanced skill in creating aesthetic spaces. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty much a backyard um, blitz kind of show. And they, yeah, renovate you know, dead spaces and bring them to life. So I'm going to hunt that down for sure. I think it might be on a streaming service, The <laughs> Autistic Gardener. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, someone wanted to mention the creepy doll called EC from the Australian TV show Lift Off. Wow, so very creepy. I think that's just a reference to a creepy character, not gardening necessarily. Judy <laughs> Dench and Michael Williams in A Fine Romance. That could have been a movie, was it? I think rather than TV no, show. No, it's a TV show. Oh, yeah, TV show, okay. yeah. All right. Uh, I've got here as well. Uh, I grew, I'm with you. Lost in space, Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, and Get Smart, hilarious. That's from Paul in Frankston. Thanks, Paul. Uh, lovely show with Jame Doody Gent showing her around a beautiful garden and talking about trees. That's from Rosa. I'm not sure what that one would be. Yeah, and I've got as well from Heather here. Kevin Hines came to Mildura many years ago, and his favourite tree was the bottle brush. So now we have bottle brushes on almost every nature strip and uh, in yards. Yeah, that's interesting. And I've got here as well, Brilla mentions in the 1980s, I enjoyed watching The Bush Tucker Man, hosted by Major Leslie James Hiddens, who yeah. is now 77 years old, and someone who wore the same hat every day as well. Identify, he'd identify the, the plants you could eat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Out in the, and it looks interesting about Costa too, because the impact that Peter Cundall and, um, and Kevin Hines had, Peter Cundall and Kevin Hines had on, on young kids in the 70s and 80s, Costa is going to have a huge impact. I'm sure Costa's going out mm. to schools teaching kids how to plant schools too. So, yep. yeah, the the role of a celebrity gardener on TV ha- also has responsibilities with it, doesn't yeah, it? It does have a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. I wonder if in 30 years' time they'll be talking about him like we are talking now. Well, that's so, what I think because yeah. it's even in that, that show, Get Grubby TV with Dirt Girl, that he appears yeah. as a garden gnome. I mean, he, it's kids that love it. I love it. So, uh, yeah. Sammy said, yes, Jamie was one of opera's five-minute faves, says Pat. Uh, just quickly, Linda, we've only got about a minute, Linda. Do you want to mention a couple of shows? Oh, I just wanted to say The Secret Garden, which is based on a children's book. Yep. And and yep. Um, also following on, Monty Don had uh, Japanese gardens and French gardens and Italian gardens and um, also The Paradise Garden, which is based on uh, Persian gardens, which oh, yeah. uh, then related to the carpets. And, oh, yeah, and fantastic. Um, Look, Scott did mention uh, Monty a little bit earlier. It sounds like a great show. <laughs> I'll have to check that one out, Scott. I'm sorry, Linda, we've run out of time. We're going to go to the next news. Scott, the TV freak, thanks very much for joining us. You'll be back in a fortnight. I will, Pav. See you. Excellent, mate. We'll see you then. That's uh, Scott Goodings, the TV freak. 